Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to the Washington Weekly Podcast on the UBS In The Now podcast channel. Our conversation today will check in on where fiscal stimulus negotiations stand, the tragic weather events in Texas and the implications to U.S. energy policy, a recap of President Biden's town hall this week, and more. Joining me on the line for the conversation today, glad to welcome back Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. So, Shane, welcome back. Happy Friday to you and looking forward to our conversation today. Thanks, Dan. Always good to be with you. Absolutely. So I know there's a few items we want to cover this week, Shane. I know over the past couple of weeks, we dedicated a lot of our time to covering President Trump's impeachment trial. Uh, That, of course, ended with President Trump having been acquitted earlier this week. So now that that trial is behind us, I know all eyes are focused on the progress towards the next round of fiscal relief. And that's something as well we've been covering on the podcast over the past couple of months, it seems like. So as of today, Shane, Where do we currently stand and how soon before we might see legislation arrive on President Biden's desk? Yeah. So, uh, um, you know, I think uh, D.C. is excited to be beyond the impeachment trial in the Senate and start moving on real legislative activity. And, you know, um, the House was already moving uh, on this stimulus bill and uh, committees have been given kind of their assignments uh, to craft plans under their jurisdiction and uh, they have uh, passed those plans and now uh, it comes back to the budget committee that will compile everything you know so for the ways and means committee you know they produce their product that has the additional stimulus checks um, additional unemployment benefits uh, etc and then, you know, you have the House Education Committee, as an example, that, you know, produced the funding for um, trying to uh, make sure schools have the resources to get kids back into school. So, you know, those are just two examples. I think in total, there were 25 committees that had um, responsibilities here between the House and Senate, I should say. Um, so, uh, as I said, on Monday, the House a budget committee will compile all the work products from House committees and pass that. And then later next week that the House will have a vote on the full package. It may spill into the weekend, uh, depending on timing of 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 everything, uh, all the uh, pieces coming together. Um, and then from there, you know, the Senate, it'll be the Senate's turn. I think when you kind of look at the calendar, you know, the we're looking at mid-March to see this completed on President Biden's desk. You know, there is obviously some fluidity here. You know, um, the Senate has some different rules than the House that could complicate the process. You know, one example would be, you know, we expect the House bill to have a minimum wage component to it, uh, but the Senate probably can't have that uh, unless they, you know, change the rules, which is always a possibility here. Um, So, you know, uh, if there are changes made by the Senate, you know, then it would have to be reconciled, which takes a little time. So kind of factoring this all in, I think um, mid-March, you know, is where we're uh, targeting this to be all completed. Okay, thank you, Shane. Well, it's always helpful to hear about the mechanics and the inner workings of this 
process, negotiations, how that works, and what needs to happen before legislation arrives on the president's desk. It sounds like there's a lot of work ahead between now and maybe a month from now, but thank you for bringing us up to speed on where we currently stand today with that, Shane. I know President Biden, he did participate this week on a network-sponsored town hall event, and he touched on a lot of pressing topics, and that includes everything from vaccinations, where we stand with that, to school reopenings, a topic we covered on last week's podcast. But what were some of the notable takeaways from this week's town hall? Yeah, on vaccinations, you know, President Biden uh, signaling that, you know, there should be vaccines available for all those who want to get one by the end of July. So, you know, we're uh, the Biden administration is really focused on this, trying to make sure, you know, the second half of this year looks remarkably different than the first half of this year, um, you know, where we're all not trying to figure out when and where you can get a vaccine. Hopefully by the second half of this year, you know, if you want a vaccine, you've gotten it. Um, you know, on, on schools and education, actually, and the larger issue uh, was was a hot topic. You know, as we discussed last week, the reopening of schools and how that's actually playing out uh, had some back and forth. But also education on the larger scale, because, you know, um, uh, President Biden was asked about um, student loan forgiveness. And there's been a, a, a healthy conversation about this. You know, he is uh, being pushed by progressive Democrats to um, unilaterally by executive action, forgive $50,000 worth of uh, student loan debt for uh, individuals who have uh, student loan debt. Um, President Biden pushed back on that and, and said, no, he's not going to do that. Um, he did say he would like he would sign a bill that gives $10,000 worth of student loan debt. And this is a really interesting dynamic we see playing out uh, that, that, you know, many of you may need to follow. Um, whether it be for yourself, you know, your family member or a client, um, is that, you know, you shouldn't at this moment expect uh, relief on student loan debts further than what's already happening, which is a forbearance period through the end of September this year, um, where, you know, interest isn't accruing and you don't have to make payments on federally backed loans. Um, so on this $10,000 uh, potential student loan uh, relief, you know, uh, what Biden is saying is he's not going to do it himself. He'll sign legislation. And and the reality is, is there is no clear path at this moment for Congress to pass such legislation. Um, it's not in the stimulus bills. Um, there are Democrats signaling some uh, reticence to, to doing this. You know, there are Democrats who are open to other options like requiring um, community service for this. So at this moment, we don't see a clear path. So I think those of you following this issue shouldn't just uh, feel that, you know, oh, you know, some of your student loan is going to magically disappear. You know, maybe maybe there'll be legislation, but it's it's not really um, uh, imminent at this point. So I, I definitely want to note that, you know, I think there there were other moments in this town hall. Um, that were definitely noteworthy. I think there was a very touching moment of uh, President Biden trying to uh, um, make a young little girl who's, who's scared of dying of COVID feel better that, you know, um, this isn't uh, something that really impacts uh, our, the younger people, you know, those uh, 10 or younger. So she should feel comfortable that, you know, she's going to be okay. Uh, but, you know, it was a very interesting um 
town hall, and I think you can probably find it online if you have time um, this weekend. I think it's definitely worth uh, watching. Yeah, it was very helpful to hear from the president, get his take on a variety of important topics. The student loan forgiveness, I know that's a point of interest for many, and we'll see how that might materialize down the pike. But uh, thank you for providing some highlights from what we witnessed this week, Shane. I do want to spend a few moments and talk about how many parts of the country have been stricken this week by unusual winter weather. It's, of course, upsetting to hear about what many in certain parts of the country have been going through. And for our listeners in the Sun Belt in Texas, we do, of course, wish you well in light of what has happened. But what kind of chatter, Shane, in the wake of all of this have we been hearing in Washington over the future of U.S. energy policy in the wake of the power grid failures down in Texas? Yeah, no, great question. You know, um, I think, you know, to someone who grew up in New England, you know, it's it's a head scratcher for a moment because, you know, we're so used, I was so, grew up used to snowstorms. Uh, but the reality is, is, you know, millions of Americans um, who live in Texas, Florida, et cetera, you know, they don't, they're not used to this. And when you're not used to it, it's, it's, it catches you off guard because for a variety of reasons, you know, whether, you know, you're heating in your house, you may have never actually put on the heat in your house. Um, the, as you mentioned, the power grid is not, um, used to that surge of everyone trying to turn on the heat. Uh, so it is, it's not really about being um, accustomed to snow. It's, you know, having the infrastructure in place to deal with it. And, you know, for someone in Texas, the infrastructure uh, failed them uh, this weekend. You saw millions in Texas lose their power. Uh, thankfully, most have gotten that power back, but there are still many without. And it's it's gone beyond power. You know, you see uh, many Texans who do not have uh, dr- drinkable water and have to boil water. So uh, this is serious. And I think you're seeing um, Congress uh, start to uh, take a look into this. I believe both the Energy and Commerce Committee in the House and the Energy and Natural Resources Committee in the Senate are uh, planning to investigate this and hold hearings. And, you know, the power grid has been an issue for years of, um, with Congress about is it um, – safe and stable. And I think this adds to that call. Um, I think what remains to be seen is it, will there be consensus in DC to actually do anything or is this kind of a, um, a blame exercise where, you know, they're going to find someone to point out of who um, failed and just um, make them the poster child here. So, uh, this will be an interesting one to, to follow in the coming weeks as the effort in D.C. is just starting to gear up now. Yeah, and to that point, I know Governor Abbott, Lieutenant Governor Patrick have been very vocal about investigating what happened, what went wrong, and correcting this so similar circumstances don't occur down the pike. So we'll track this story closely and see what happens. But uh, thank you for the updates there, Shane. Maybe one final story we can hit on before we close out the conversation. And I know the drumbeat has been growing really loud over the past couple of days with respect to this New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, his handling of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, namely management of nursing homes. Uh, what have we been hearing from both sides of the aisle, Shane, and how might this story develop from here? Yeah, this is an interesting story to follow. Um, you know, Governor Cuomo, you know, last summer was getting praise um, from a lot of people for his handling of COVID. And I think 
you know, my conversations with some people, I said, listen, you know, you have to take it from the perspective of he is showing leadership by having um, daily press conferences where he updates uh, New Yorkers about what's going on, you know, how many cases there are, how many hospitalizations. And it gave an appearance and a feeling that he was on top of the situation and um, really had the full breadth of the impact of COVID on his state. You know, I think fast forward to today, you know, the nursing home situation, you know, I I saw um, some people following this for months, actually, and I think you, you're now seeing it come to a head where there may be a there there where um, the Cuomo administration, um, you know, uh, was, uh, not managing nursing homes properly, uh, but that remains to be seen. And it's hit the level that, you know, we heard this week that the Department of Justice is opening an investigation uh, to this issue. So it's very serious. And keep in mind, we're talking about the Biden administration, Department of Justice. So, you know, you see uh, Governor Cuomo receiving uh, condemnation from both sides, not only Republicans in the state of New York, but Democrats in D.C. and in New York, um, you know, uh, you've seen some Democrats come out and talk about the uh, harsh exchanges they've had with Governor Cuomo. Uh, so this is going to be um, playing out over the next few weeks, months, actually. And uh, Governor Cuomo had previously signaled that he wanted to run for re-election in 2022. And I think, you know, he is politically damaged at this moment and uh, while he could rise in the ashes, I don't uh, right now. I think it's going to be a tough haul for him to run for reelection in 2022, uh, which will uh, provide a lot of uh, change potentially in New York in the coming years. So uh, this could have a great impact not only on um, the ground of you know those impacted, <laughs> uh, those living in nursing homes in New York, but uh, the future of New York for years to come. Yeah, a lot of implications based on what's been coming to light in recent days. So to your point, we'll continue to track this story closely, Shane. Uh, But Shane, as always, thank you for your time, insight, covering all of the ground that you did with our listeners, our clients this week, and looking forward to continuing our conversation next Friday. In the meantime, have a great weekend. Thank you, Dan. You too. Everyone stay safe, and especially if uh, the snow has hit you or hit you earlier this week, please stay warm. Definitely. Thank you, Shane. Appreciate it. And again, today we have been joined by Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. As a reminder to our clients and listeners, please be sure to reference the latest edition of the Washington Weekly Publication, which can be located on UBS.com forward slash Washington Weekly. For clients of UBS, you can also contact your financial advisor if you would like to receive a copy of the Washington Weekly Publication directly. The Washington Weekly Podcast is part of the UBS In The Now Podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us.
As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com forward slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA SIPC.